0: Hi my name is Laura and I teach improv teachers. In today's podcast episode I want to talk to you about how to get more movement in your online class. Now I think what's good to start with is that I actually get the question of how do I get more movement in my class. I get that question a fair bit and that makes sense because I am one of those improv teachers that brings influences from dance and from physical theater into our classes. And so when my colleagues would need to have more movement in their class, they would quickly think of me because I already do that a lot. But now we're in a situation where many improv teachers, including myself, are doing classes online. And so the question of how do I get my students to move is becoming, yeah, somehow a little bit more complex because on the one hand, yes, we all want our students to move because we know that movement in improv classes are really good, it's really useful. I'll I'll talk some more about that in a minute. Um, But being limited to the online space also makes it more challenging. I thought I would give you a way of looking at it like a mindset thing, and I wanna give you some concrete ideas on how to implement more movement in your class. But first the mindset thing, because hopefully that will make it a little easier to think about different ways of moving in your class. And the mindset I would like you to adopt is to realize that moving your body is the most natural thing your body can do. We are moving our bodies all the time. When you walk, when, like when I am talking to you right here, I am moving my hands. You are not seeing it, but that is what I'm doing. Why? Because it is such a natural thing. Don't be intimidated, if you are, of course, uh, by the idea of movement in your class because people are already moving a bunch and giving people more opportunity to move their bodies, to use their hands, to use their face, to walk will feel very natural to them. And then another thing about mindset is that there is no judgment in how you move. There is no better or worse moving. Even if maybe, like me, you have a theater background where people were judged on their level or their quality of moving. But there is no space in improv for that. So no matter your shape, no matter how experienced you are with moving, no matter your ability or what your body can and cannot do, moving is really natural also for you and also for those students. And that makes it easier. It makes it easier to implement movement in your class. Okay, now a little bit about why you would want more movement in your class. I know many of you do. Movement will make improvisers get out of their head. I mean, that's maybe the most important one I hear, why people want more movement in their classes. And it's true. If you are moving your limbs, it's very hard to get completely stuck in overthinking. And we wanna be there. We wanna be out of our brains and into our bodies. Another reason why movement will make better improvisers is it will make you a better actor because there is not all of that inventing that comes from the brain but there is the total experience like our entire body is acting and that will make it look so much more engaging for an audience people that are more moving and more connected to their body they feel more things you know how sometimes you feel so you get a hug it's that. It's being having that awareness of our body again. It makes you feel more. It makes you relax more. And don't we all want students to feel relaxed? And, you know, like they can let go. So connection to our body, and movement is a great way of doing that, will relax your students. And last, but definitely not least as a reason why you want movement in your online class is that it will make your students less tired after a Zoom call. And believe me, (laughs) you want that. You want that to happen because teaching over Zoom is tiring for teachers and for students. And anything you can do to make that experience a little nicer and a little less exhausting will really help. So, Make them move. Make yourself move. It's good for everyone. All right. Then now, a few ideas of how would that look like in practice. And I'll just give a few examples from uh, my teaching. Uh, The first one being, let your students grab something from their room. And there's some fun ways how you can do this. Um, I read about an exercise that my uh, colleague, Henk van der Steen did, uh, and he said, um, I will let students grab an ugly object from their house and introduce themselves with that ugly object. And I just love that one because it makes everyone more vulnerable immediately. What it also does is you give them that assignment and they will have to get up and grab the object and that will get their blood flowing it's simple, it's small, but it works. If you want to give them a slightly bigger challenge, then ask them to grab something outside of this room. You can instruct people to grab something from the kitchen. You can have them uh, grab something from outside or maybe you know just do something outside, smell a flower. It's that moving even out of the room that will, it will be very refreshing. They will see something else. They will have their body moving. They will open doors, close them. I know these things are very simple when you hear them. But it does make a difference when they then later come back into your class. All right, so let them grab something in this room. Let them grab something outside of this room. Third thing, also room related, is... Have them interact with their room. Uh, whenever you are in a Zoom call, for many of us, you can see the background. And that's a really fun thing to play with. So have people challenge each other what to do with the background. But you can also keep it really simple of everyone sit against the wall or everyone lie on the ground for a second, stand on your chair, anything that happens in the room is also a great way of getting our body moving. Then the fourth one. I love this one. But it is definitely... I think it's a very short, effective one to move our bodies. And that is the one-minute ugly dance. I love doing this one because, like I said, I, I have a background in dancing. And I found that when I tell people to ugly dance, it makes them way more likely to use their entire body... Because dancing somehow gives us the pressure to dance well for whatever reason. And by saying it's only one minute, people really give it all. Now here's a tip. And it doesn't, it's not per se needed for every group. But I would very seriously consider having people turn off their camera during the one minute ugly dance. And... I do this especially with groups that don't know each other well Or with groups that are not improvisers So the other day I did a training with um, students from university And I told them to turn off their camera for the one minute ugly dance Yeah, it means that I cannot like check them But you know, that was not the point anyway If they want to opt out, (laughs) I guess they can But there was such a nice safety in turning off the camera that uh, everyone came back after a minute and they were all panting. I guess it worked. I guess it worked. They actually did a one minute ugly dance. If for whatever reason you cannot access music, uh, you can also do jumping jacks or burpees or whatever or just sprint around the room. Anything that just gets their heart racing uh, for a short moment is really, really nice. It just gives a completely different vibe in the room after you've done that. And it takes a minute, just a minute. All right. So a next concrete thing you can do is, circling back a little bit to the beginning, consider that all movement counts. And if all movement counts, there are so many ways you can move. Think of, what can we do with our face? Can we maybe mirror each other's silly face? Uh, Or just close one eye and then close the other eye and then close both eyes. Those things seem maybe small, but they still get people out of their heads and focusing on, in this case, a small part of their body. And that also has an effect. If you wanna make it even easier, Uh, I did an exercise the other day where in pairs, one of them would name seven things and the other person would count on their fingers those seven and they would show their fingers in the screen. And just having this focus on your fingers, and again, so simple as just counting, it makes people a little bit more in the here and now and a little bit less overthinking. And then last, but definitely not least, also in this list, is be aware of your own body. And this can be while you teach, but it can also be while you take a class. And I love improv teachers that keep taking classes because I think it will make you a better teacher. But in those moments when you are either teaching or taking a class, be aware of what your body is telling you. And sometimes we need just a second to connect to that. Let's say you're teaching a class tomorrow. The moment you put them in breakout rooms, take a second to check in with your own body. And are you feeling that maybe you've been sitting down too long? Or are you feeling that maybe we need something more relaxing? Because if you're feeling that, then chances are your class is feeling that too. And you can listen to that, you can improvise in that moment to go like, hmm, hold on, before we go to this next exercise that is again very like difficult and tense and lots of thinking, maybe we should do that one minute ugly dance that I've heard about before. Yeah, ju- just checking in with yourself is a really good way to signal what is needed for the class. And when you're taking classes, you can do the same thing. Are you... Noticing when your attention is drifting off Or when you're feeling that you kind of want to stand up and stretch Because that's such good information Now, speaking of taking classes I just opened the door to my teacher's course If you really enjoy learning If you want to feel awesome about your teaching And if you want to do that with a group of really great improv teachers And me Then come join me for nine weeks of Pep talk of reflecting on what type of teacher you are And feeling really awesome about that That's why I called the course Teaching Improv with Confidence Because that's what people say they feel after they've finished it And what's also kind of cool is that in the course We talk about bringing variety in your class About all the different ways you can do that And today here in this podcast we talked about doing that with movement, but there's so many other ways. So in the course, I give you a list and then you take your class program or your workshop program and you put that list next to it to find out, hey, where am I already bringing in a lot of variation and where is my blind spot? Because I think this is definitely something that every teacher has. I, I found my own blind spots with looking at that list. I would love to have you in that course. Make sure you look at all the information for the course before April 21st, because that is when I am closing the doors. And after that, I actually don't know if and when I'm going to open it again. So I would love to have you join. Also, if you have tips about bringing more movement in your online class, I would love to hear them. So find my website and find me on social uh, and all of it you can find in the show notes of this podcast episode. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you later.